The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi portfolio managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Well, good evening, my friends, and welcome to the show about money. Uh, I am Wolfgang Klein, Jack Hartle, uh, my partner in your success, standing by. Indeed. Another week passes us by, and uh, we delve into the month of May. Uh, may you live in interesting times, and indeed, we are living in interesting times. Lots of activity taking place in the marketplace. Uh, and again, it's the keen eye that's picking up on this stuff. The media is not picking up on it. So I, I, I will share with you uh, a story you will hear from the media at a later date. And uh, that really is that there's a great rotation going on in the marketplace. Uh, a lot of enthusiasm in the marketplace about the economy reopening. The labor market is showing signs of strength. Uh, and in the United States, uh, they seem to be getting a pretty good handle uh, on uh, COVID-19. And uh, it's rippling through into Wall Street. Um, but as such, uh, not all participants are participating. Uh, tech certainly uh, is extremely challenged, and that stay-at-home theme uh, has zero love right now. Uh, you, you name your stay-at-home stock, uh, it's down. Uh, Zoom, DocuSign, uh, Internet Security even, uh, and the list is long. Uh, software, high-growth stocks, they are not wanted right now. The deep value trade is what is in play, and it's, it's, it, it is difficult times, my good friends. Uh, I encourage you to uh, tune into the show. We have a lot of interesting uh, discussion uh, to be had uh, over the next hour. Uh, and by the way, if you do have any questions uh, for Jack or I, uh, WolfgangKlein.com is the money portal that will uh, service all of your financial needs. We're going to have some fun. We're going to learn some stuff. We're going to spin some tunes while we are at it. But um, perhaps half of you, give or take, uh, are of a retiring or near retiring age. And uh, generating income uh, at retirement becomes a, a very burning question for many people. Um, and, and, and the beauty of it is uh, there are many ways of generating income at retirement. Uh, for many of us, uh, we have RSPs and we have savings. Uh, but we also have this big asset, many of us. It's a big fat asset. And it's called a house and or a cottage. And usually paid for at retirement, not always, but usually paid for. Um, and it, it's an incredible asset, but it costs us money and it doesn't really do much other than uh, shelter us well and give us uh, wonderful memories. Uh, I brought Drew Donaldson on um, from Donaldson Capital. He's a mortgage broker. And I want to uh, delve into uh, using your home as part of or perhaps all of your retirement income, the pros, the cons, and how to go about doing it uh, as efficiently as possible. Uh, Drew, welcome back to Hi-Fi Radio, my good friend. How are you today? Doing well. Thanks for having me, Wolf. Uh, indeed, uh, money remains very, very cheap. Taxes remain very, very high uh, and rising. Um, I, I put that on the table, Drew um, and Jack, because uh, income uh, is, is required at uh, retirement. Um, deferring income from a tax shelter like an RSP 
means paying tax at a later date. Uh, we all hear about a chip reverse mortgage, uh, highly publicized. Um, they're spending a lot of money advertising it and promoting the concept that you can turn your home into tax-free income so long as you live in your home. Uh, so let's talk about chip mortgages, how you go about setting one up, what the costs are, Drew, and then the alternative to creating your own chip mortgage at retirement. Um, and I want to begin with when you retire, you no longer have traditional earned income. Um, can you borrow money at a date of retirement uh, because you have no longer income verification or, and, or how difficult is it to uh, uh, borrow money at retirement, Drew? So I, a lot on the table there. Uh, why, do, why do you pick it up and, and, and explain to us these various concepts, Drew? Yeah, I mean, when people are in retirement, some have, you know, the, the big pensions, uh, some still have a high income, but a lot don't, right? So you're sitting there, and if you can qualify for a mortgage or home equity line of credit, that's great. We'll look at those options. But the reverse mortgage is uh, is really for those people that maybe have substantial equity in their home. Maybe they bought it for, you know, in Toronto, 300000 and now it's worth $2 million or, or $1.5 million. Uh, they have no mortgage, and, and they really just want reliable, stable cash flow. Um, not really income, like a, you're, you're, you're taking the equity from your home. Um, so there's no tax. That's how they position it as that. But um, it really is just cash flow on a monthly or annual basis uh, to ride you through until you're, you either move out of the home or, or, or you pass away, hopefully at a, a very late age. And again, it's an interesting concept. Uh... So you have a million and a half dollar home in Toronto, or even a million dollar home. <laughs> you have a starter home in Toronto, a uh, million bucks. Uh, you're 65, so how, how much can you borrow? What would the monthly income be? Um, and if, if you played that uh, cash flow stream for, let's say, life expectancy, 65 for a male, it's 82, female, maybe 85. So let's say 20 years. Can, can you run the math sort of on a 20-year scenario and explain just how it would play out on a million-dollar property? Uh, well, I mean, at 55, you can only take out, you know, say 15%. 65, it's, uh, it's closer to 35%. So of your total mm -hmm. value, only 35% of the equity you can pull out. Um, now, the reverse mortgages are a slightly higher interest rate. I mean, well, well not just slightly. I mean, we're talking, you know, four, four and a half percent type range opposed mm -hmm. to a standard home equity line of credit, which is, you know, typically prime plus a half. So 2.95. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, you can take the money out, but it, it really depends. It kind of compounds against you. So it really depends on how much that you want. Uh, a lot of people say, okay, you know, give me 300000 to start. So you put 300000 either into some investment or, you know, some are just really cautious and they want to put it right into their bank account. And then give me $1,000 a month or give me $2,000 a month. And as you, and it, it just compounds at that 4% uh, against you. And, and when pretty much, as long as your home continues to go up, it's never going to run out um, until you move out of your home. Question for you. Are you giving um, the... Uh uh, individual a lump sum or are you giving them a monthly cash flow? So they have a choice. So a lot of people take a lump sum in the beginning. Sometimes it's to replace a current mortgage. Uh, I just did one for, for uh, an elderly gentleman, similar situation. It was like he had a $350,000 mortgage. He wanted a $700,000 uh, first advance. 
So on that first advance, we pay out the 350, we give him the additional 350, which I think he had some other debts and things to uh, to take care of. And then from there, he said, okay, I want to have 3000 a month for until I want it to stop. So essentially for the next five years, he's going to get 3000 a month. Oh, so he gets, he gets both. That's very, very interesting. But if you wanted to simply have monthly income, because uh, what I'm thinking about is carrying that debt. If I just take a monthly income option, now I'm only paying interest on the outstanding uh, debit balance, correct? So the first month is $1,000. I pay interest on that in, in perpetuity, then another 1000 bucks, correct? Yeah, exactly. Well, you're, you actually don't have to make payments. That's another attractive. But no, but I'm saying that, but the charge, the interest charge. Yeah, exactly. So on a $500,000 initial advance, you're looking at about $1,770 a month in interest. On a $500,000 charge? On the initial charge. And then if you take, you know, two or three grand, well, you're only paying the 4% on, on that per month. Correct. So if you, if you just begin with a monthly stream at two or three grand a month, you only pay interest on the two or three grand a month, not on a, not on a, uh, the, the overall value of the potential loan. Exactly. Yep. Right. Right. Um, well, how difficult is it, um, for retirees who don't necessarily want to go the chip mortgage route? They just want to set up, cause I think a better way is to do it yourself, uh, a to save interest and B have more flexibility if you're so inclined to set up a credit line, an equity credit line on your home. So again, you have yourself some RSP savings, say several hundred thousand dollars. You got now Canada pension plan at age 65, old age security kicking in, uh, but you no longer have earned income. Uh, how difficult would it be for you to, again, have that million dollar property, put a credit line against it? And how much do you think a, a financial institution would lend a newly retired couple as a credit. Yeah, I mean, they're they're really big. OSFI and the government has pushed heavily on this over the last couple of years, but they're really big on income now. So they want to see that you can debt service, which is, I mean, all the talk of the stress test that came out. Um, if you have substantial assets, there's equity programs that we can we can qualify for a home equity line of credit. But if you have, you know, say, Three or four hundred thousand in RSPs. You have very minimal income, and you've got a a million and a half dollar home. It's still going to be hard. Uh, funny enough, I mean, it, it really is still going to be hard to get somebody four or five hundred thousand dollar home equity line of credit. I mean, the risk is next to zero, but it's just really the regulation that's in place that it, it makes it tougher. Again, if you have three, say, if you have five hundred thousand dollars in RSPs you're newly retired and you have a financial, or excuse me, a, a bricks and mortar, a building, a house, a cottage that's worth a million and a half dollars. What's your guesstimation? What would be the maximum uh, a financial institution would, would lend them uh, as a credit line? Um, I would say 250 would be almost wow. approved. So 250 when you're retired, even though you have a million and a half dollar home and you have about four to $500,000 in RSPs, no, no, uh, company pension, only government pension. But Drew, what if before you retire, a year before you retire, you go to the bank and now you're making seventy-five, eighty thousand dollars a year, and you have an RSP that you're not drawing down yet? Uh, at that point in time, in advance of, they would lend you substantially more. But would they maintain that credit line going into retirement and, and living through retirement, or would they draw it back on you? Is there a risk? Yeah, of that? great question. Well, if I mean, it, proper planning is always key. So if if you can set that up, 
before you actually leave the job or the pension expires. Um, they won't actually, as soon as the underwriting, as soon as it closes, the underwriting is complete and they actually don't re-underwrite the loan for at least another five years. Uh, and the good thing is when, when they talk to, you know, someone like myself as a mortgage broker, because I have access to CHIP and Equitable Bank and some other reverse mortgages, we can say with confidence, here, take the home equity line of credit, you qualify for this today, but in five years, if you don't qualify and you need more money to keep going on with your life, we'll switch you over to a lender like a CHIP home equity. That's very reassuring so that if, so that if you do get the quote-unquote loan called on you, you're safe. And again, I understand that most equity credit lines are demand loans i repeat they are demand loans which means the bank can on demand call the loan on you is that correct drew it definitely is and when we hit the um the so-called crisis that only lasts 30 30 days in the markets at least last year i had some clients that were that were rushing to their bank and and actually pulling money out on their home equity lines of credit because they were worried they're going to get closed down and and i mean they could have they could still get closed down but typically it's just the unused portion gets taken away sometimes. Um, they usually don't call the full loan, but they do have the ability to do that. The devil is in the details, my good friend. We're talking about money. We're talking about uh, retirement. We're talking about income, various ways of generating retirement income. Uh, retirement, well, each and every year becomes a little more costly. Prices continue to rise. Uh, we're here to help you manage your uh, retirement cash flow. It is Wolfgang Klein, Jack Hartle, uh, The Wolf on Bay Street, WolfgangKlein.com. Any questions, anytime. We're speaking with Drew Donaldson. He is a mortgage broker. Um, he does a fantastic job shopping the market to, to purchase you that commodity. It's called money. Stay tuned. More of it right after this. Money. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back, my friends. It's a show about that. May you have plenty of it, and may you share it with those in need. We are going to be speaking with uh, the Young Street Mission uh, later in the show. I very much look forward to speaking with them. They are doing so much good for this beautiful city of ours. And, uh, well, uh, please support uh, a cause, uh, embrace a cause, uh, make the world a better place. Uh, Jack and I are here to help you have more money. Please, uh, it's good karma. Share it with those in need. Uh, Drew Donaldson is on the uh, line with us. Uh, he's a mortgage broker at Donaldson Capital. Uh, he does a very, very fine job uh, shopping the market and uh, helping you with the ins and outs uh, of a uh, piece of financing. Uh, thank you for very much, Drew, for spending some time with us. Uh, it's just remarkable how cheap money is um, and how expensive taxes are. 
look, I, I really don't like debt. I never have liked debt. Uh, and especially uh, in retirement, Jack and I are completely on the same page. Uh, you know, when Jack speaks with a client, or if I speak with a client, we both know that the other person, we, we both know what the other person is going to say 100%, 100% of the time, because uh, we are totally on the same page. However, things do change, and we're both in agreement on that. Um, in terms of debt, um, you know, with taxes being as high as they are, uh, generating income by selling an asset has a price to it. It has a significant price to it. Uh, you know, our clients this year have paid a lot of money in taxes. Why? Well, because last year we made them a lot of money. And the previous year we made them a lot of money and we took some profit. And when you take profit, you have to pay the tax man. Uh, it is what it is, uh, and the tax man continues to cometh uh, at a greater rate. Fortunately, with the latest budget, they're going to leave most of us alone unless you're going to be delving into some luxury items, uh, fancy cars over 100 grand, uh, and fancy boats over 250 grand. There's going to be a luxury tax on that, but everything else right now is status quo. But at some point, we all know they're going to come after us uh, for more. Uh, so we have to help you have even more than that, and that's where compounding and wise financial decisions come into play. But if you can defer selling an asset, and uh, Jack is a big fan of Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett speaks about this so frequently, uh, but just leaving it alone. Uh, he likes to buy companies forever. Uh, in an ideal world, of course, that's not always the case. Um, but as long as the trend is working their way, try to hang on to it. At some point, you got to admit when trends do change, i.e. horse and buggies to Nortel and a whole lot in between. But that's part of the art of the uh, game. Uh, Jack, can we pipe in here in terms of uh, Buffett and debt and his philosophy? You know, based on all of your studies, uh, what have you learned about the way Buffett thinks about debt? Uh, there's a lot to talk about there with Buffett, but I think it can be summed up relatively easily. He says that, uh, you know, you shouldn't borrow something um, that you don't have for something that you don't need. So you're talking about, you know, a chip reverse mortgage and people maybe needing debt to, to service their lifestyle. You just want to make sure that if you're taking on debt that you're, you're doing it relatively intelligently, I think, uh, and you're not buying things you don't need. When I say that, uh, you saw it back in 2007 with the, uh, a lot of Americans going out getting home home credit lines, buying boats, buying cars, buying more boats, all the stuff that you don't need. If you're going to use debt, use it relatively intelligently. Well, I, I will say, um, you know, Brad Lamb taught me this as well. Uh, you know, and again, I think over the long haul, he, he is he is 100% correct. Over the short term, you know, understand what you are doing. But with real estate, uh, and we see it with every REIT, Jack, that you and I ever look at buying for clients, uh, they all carry debt. Uh, but that, if you know how to use debt, it can be highly productive. But again, you have to truly appreciate the tool that you are working with. Um, Drew Donaldson is an expert in the subject matter about carrying debt. And Drew, how long have you been a mortgage broker? And really, in your period of working in the industry, what, have you, what kind of comments can you make about the trends that you're noticing about Canadians and how they view debt and how they use debt? Yeah, I mean, I've been doing it about 15 years. So when I first got in the industry, five-year fixed rates were five, nine, nine, six percent. So I, I've pretty much yeah. just seen a gradual decline my entire career. And you know, a, a lot of uh, my clients uh, have, have done the same, who have upgraded homes and bought rental properties, and and all of them have been very, um, very open to carrying debt. Which uh, you know, I understand from. From people outside of my generation, which is around the 40 mark, 
that's not always been the case because I hear the stories of the early 90s and things like that. But but really with real estate, I mean, it's it's known as a stable investment over time. Uh, if you don't over leverage in multiple properties and you, you keep the loan to value low and maybe it's just the home that you're going to live in, so you're going to have to pay rent anyway, um, taking a little bit of debt uh, is not the end of the world, especially at today's interest rates. And a, a lot of the clients that we work with end up being you know, high net worth a, a lot of times just because they've lived in Toronto and, and seen their assets appreciate so well. But there's a lot of different things that we can get into, like you discussed earlier, Wolf, which which is really, you know, what's more tax advantage, uh, advantageous? Is it to take a bigger mortgage and, and pull less money out of your corporation, sell stock, things like that? Um, a lot of times it's that they don't need the mortgage, but they take the mortgage because it's it's really just the most optimal thing to do at that time. Um, Drew, I'm going to ask you an accounting question here. Um, so I, let's take an uh, individual who has two properties, one rental and one is their principal residence. Um, the rental is fully paid for. They've had it for 25 years. Uh, they did exactly what they're hoping to rent it out for 25 years. It will pay for itself and I can use that as my retirement. So now they're at near the stage of retirement. And I, we actually have a client who's in this exact predicament. Um, their, their whole retirement plan was real estate and buy properties, rent it out, be the landlord, fix the toilet, uh, re-rent it, collect the rent, deal with the bounce checks, et cetera, et cetera. And lo and behold, uh, the market will rise and we should make money. And it, it has worked out. But now the place is paid for. Uh, they're nearing retirement, so their income is about to drop off. Um, if they sell the property, they got a monstrous capital gain. Again, uh, let, let's, let's do the million-dollar property that they pay $250,000 for. They see, gee, we need income. Uh, the only choice is to sell the property. Well, there's, there's alternatives. If you sell that property, there's a 25% capital gain coming at you. Uh, so 750, 25% of 750, it's, two, it's over $200,000 in tax. So your $750,000 gain has now been whittled down to just over a $500,000 gain. Now you can consume the money, but you don't need $500,000 at retirement. So I go back to this whole premise of putting some debt on that piece of property. Um, that makes sense to you, doesn't it, Drew and Jack? You're, you're really using debt, like I said, intelligently. You're using it as a tool, right? So for a sophisticated investor, someone that has some real estate, as Drew's talked about, you can certainly take on some debt, especially in this environment, as long as you're you know, looking at the overall picture. How does it fit into your financial plan? Because as Drew said, if you take money out of a corporation, uh, there's tax obviously involved there. If you realize a gain on selling property, so there's tax there. If you take money out of your RSP or say you have a million dollar RIF account, you got to take 5% out once you RIF it out around 70 years old. You right, end right. up paying more in tax. You potentially have some clawbacks with OAS, which again, I'm not doing all my financial planning around avoiding OAS clawbacks, but there are issues with taking apart or taking money out of different types of structures. So well, see, if you yeah, can abuse, avoid no. that because of, yeah, no, if you no. can avoid that by taking on some debt and paying a low interest rate, it makes sense to use it as a tool, but you need see, to understand you're, yeah. what you're doing. Correct. No, again, there's two points I want to add to that, Jack. Number one, a piece of real estate is clunky uh, and there's only one share. Uh, a portfolio 
is much more flexible, i.e. a stock portfolio. Um, but again, that could also have additional tax consequences. But at least with a stock portfolio, you only need to sell what you need to consume at that time. I repeat, if you're going into retirement and this home was to be your income, how do you turn that into income? I would not advise selling the whole asset. I would advise using debt because if you sell the whole asset, we discussed $200,000 goes to the government, you're left with just over 500 grand, now what? Uh, whereas if you put debt on it, um, only the debt you use, you gotta pay interest on. So if you need $50,000 of income, and you borrow 50 from a, a, a rental property you have, all right, now you got a 50 grand mortgage, but you're only paying, what, to 2% interest on that, which is, is that $1,000? $1,000, guys, right? 2% of 50 is a grand. Yep. So yep. you pay a grand to the bank in interest or 200 grand to the government. My good friends at home, what makes more sense? I'm gonna leave that question and answer to you. Um, what else do you wanna cover off here, Jack, before we say goodbye to Drew in terms of the world of interest rates and debt? Uh, give, give him a good firing question here and see what he can come up with. Okay, well, obviously the housing market's been on fire in Canada. And I just saw a piece from Drew's LinkedIn talking about the luxury housing market in Canada mm. really coming roaring back. So what are you seeing there and what kind of mortgages are, are people taking out to, to finance these uh, luxury homes in Toronto and the, the Muskokas? Yeah, I mean, uh, like we talked about, they're using that as a tool, right? So a lot of times they have the money, but uh, I mean, we've got people buying three, five, ten, fifteen million dollar homes right now, and and you really you didn't see wow. as much of that in in 2018, 2019, 2020, um, but for some reason, 2021, I don't know if it's if it's the whole uh, inflation story, and real estate's a good inflation hedge, but. The confidence has come back, and, and, and the high net worth people are buying homes and cottages uh, really as fast as they can get them right now. What's the biggest mortgage that you have sold in the last 12 months, Drew? Uh, eight and a half million. Eight, someone borrowed $8.5 million. I'm going to throw a funny one on the table. As you know, I moved recently into a very nice home, and Census Canada uh came to our door of course our, our, we got our form in the mail so kathleen went online to fill up the census and the little drop down menus came up for property taxes i'm paying twenty thousand dollars in property taxes census canada couldn't accept such a large number something's wrong here folks either i'm getting gypped or they don't want to include the high taxpayer into the data Anyways, I leave that for you. Drew, it's an absolute delight and pleasure uh, to learn more about the mortgage market and different ways of being prudently creative to generate retirement income. Uh, Donaldson Capital is where you can find Drew. And if you lose that, uh, always contact Wolfgang, myself, or Jack, and uh, we will direct you always in the best direction that we see available. Uh, stay tuned, friends. Uh, we're going to talk about giving uh, and the Young Street Mission and all the great work that they are doing with other people's money to help those in need. It's a very important discussion. And as I always said, money is the root of all good. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. My good friends, welcome back to the show about money. It is Hi-Fi Radio. I am Wolfgang Klein. Uh, 
from cradle to death, from cradle to death, that we take care of one another. Um, you know, love thy brother, uh, do good. Um, it it is so rewarding. Uh, it truly, truly is. Uh, you don't believe me? Try it. Uh, seriously, try it. Do some good. Uh, give some money. Give an outsized amount of money to an organization that you truly believe in, and you just see how great you feel. If you don't feel great, you call me. Okay, you call me, and I'll make you even. Uh, how's that? Um, we're speaking with Angie Peters. She's the president and CEO of the Young street mission uh, i became aware of the young street mission on social media it's incredible how powerful that messaging service is it's a whole interesting network and of course me being a, a traditional media uh, guru and uh, veteran uh, social well it's it's it's, it's fascinating so congratulations for uh, reaching me angie uh, you've heightened my awareness you know awareness interest desire action that's old advertising talk the ada technique yes we have to be aware of something before we can change it and help it so i am glad you made me aware of the young street mission i will say very descriptive name um it seems to make sense uh but please i want you to speak to uh the young street mission who you service uh how long the organization has been around where you're located what you do and most importantly how can our million of listeners help the Young Street Mission, because my good friends, we have to help our brothers and sisters. We are all one. Uh, Angie, please, thank you. Welcome and uh, talk to us about the Young Street Mission. Thank you, Wolfgang, and thanks for in noticing us and inviting me. I'm very excited to be on your particular show. Um, so I appreciate appreciate this opportunity. So yeah, Young Street Mission. Who are we? Well, we are actually this year 125 year old organization working in downtown Toronto. This is our 125th year anniversary. Um, so we picked quite a year, but we were founded back in 1896 and with the express purpose of coming alongside people who are struggling with poverty and helping them to move out of it. And we've been doing it ever since. And it's changed a lot. So it started in a, uh, in a, a building that we were given on Young Street, hence the name. Uh, back in that time frame, uh, but we've evolved quite a bit. We actually don't even have a building on Young Street anymore. We left our historic property. So at, at this juncture, we are in six, we have six buildings in the downtown east. We uh, serve a little over 11,000 unique individuals a year. And we uh, focus on three particular populations that are experiencing a disproportionate degree of poverty in our society today. And those would be homeless youth, we serve them out of our evergreen location, which is now on Spadina, where we have a hub for youth experiencing homelessness, uh, precarity of housing, um, which is six stories tall and has everything a youth needs to move out of homelessness and forward in their life, from food to mental health to foot care to employment services to housing supports, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's our evergreen location on, on Spadina, which used to be on Young Street. Uh, and then we have a campus of buildings in Regent Park. Um, and that, that's our place-based work. And we support two populations that live in a combination of St. Jamestown, Regent Park, and Moss Park to the south of us. Yep. Uh, and, um, and that, you know, if you add this, those, you know, if you look at those three census areas combined, it is the highest low-income, dense population in North America. And it is... In North... Whoa! Yes, in North and America? Is, and it is the child poverty capital of Canada. 
Um, so that's where, that's where we are. And we serve two uh, focus populations there. We serve families in crisis, which is dominantly single moms and new Canadians. And we serve um, people whose life experience comes out of multiple generations of poverty. So whose, whose parents lived on social assistance and whose parents' parents lived on social assistance, et cetera, et cetera. So deeply chronic uh, entrenched poverty. So those are our two focus populations in Regent Park. And that's us uh, in a nutshell. Wow. Um, what is your annual spend? Uh, how much money do you spend every year servicing 11,000 people? Yeah. So we are about a $15 million organization. So we're not small and we're not big. We're kind of in the middle. And uh, 70-ish percent of that funding comes from uh, private donors. And so how much, how much, sorry, Angel, how much? About 70-ish percent. So in any given year, it varies a little bit, but 70-ish presents from private donors, and the 20, the balance, the 20-something, comes from government sources. Um, are you able to uh, maintain a positive balance sheet? Do you have a reserve fund, or, or, or are you in desperate need of funds right here, right now? And again, I'm not, I'm, not trying to be, I'm not trying to be the guy going to the barber and asking him if, if he needs a haircut, right, Jack? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we're a healthy organization. So we, 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 run, a, we run a good shop. So we have a little bit of reserve, which we need. And we've got some reserve uh, in capital funds right now. If you were to go look at our annual report, that, is, that are set aside for some planned initiatives. Um, so we're healthy. Uh, but we do have some great needs. Um, and... and uh, mainly because of COVID. So we've seen dramatic increases in, in the need because of COVID. And we know you've seen the reports, the she session, the number of people have lost their jobs. The need right now for giving is mainly around these, these highly impacted individuals and supporting them. But the other thing I'd say is for our Give Six campaign, go look at our website, look up Give Six. In our anniversary year, we're inviting everybody to get involved with helping and chronic poverty and by choosing to give six of something. So for your audience, you can give six hours of learning about poverty so you can figure out what you could do. You could give six people uh, insight into your industry so they know how to find a job in it by meeting with them on Zoom. You could give six dollars. You could give I can give can I give six hundred dollars can I do that? You can give six hundred dollars. Okay, I'm gonna, I, Angela. I'm gonna give six hundred bucks. Okay, I'm gonna give you, you six hundred bucks to the Young Street Mission. Uh, we have to go to a quick commercial break. That's why I jump in there. Please excuse me, but we have to pay the bills around here so we can keep talking about the great um, uh, work that the Young Street Mission has been doing in this city of ours since 1896. We're speaking with the president, and CEO, Angela Peters. Um, it always breaks my heart when I speak to people like you. Uh, you can hear it in my voice; it uh, crushes me. Um, you know, I, uh, I deal with the 1% and uh, this is just the bottom 1%. Oh, my God. I may never be there, my good friends. Uh, let's take a quick break. Get right back to Hi-Fi Radio, Global News 640 in Toronto. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, money. more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 
Welcome back, my friends. Show about money. It's Hi-Fi Radio. I am Wolfgang Klein. Uh, we're speaking with Angela Peters. Uh, um, she's with the Young Street Mission. Um, There's such wonderful organizations uh, in this world. The Young Street Mission is a wonderful organization. They do good work. They service 11,000. Um, primary, is it primarily Torontonians, Angela? Yes, yes. We are Toronto-based. Yep. You're Toronto based. So 11,000 Toronto. That's a lot of people. Wow. 11,000 people in this city alone are touched by the Young Street Mission. Uh, they are underprivileged. They a myriad of problems. Um, and the Young Street Mission is there to help them, to love them, to pick them up. It's beautiful stuff, Angela. It's beautiful, beautiful stuff. Um, tell me something. Uh, poverty. And again, we, we politics, poverty. You know, we just went through the United States and, 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 and all of the challenges that they're discussing. And, and, and nothing really has changed uh, with, with the issues in society. I was, I, was, I was watching an old rerun of All in the Family on YouTube, and, and Meathead was, was ranting and raving about all the problems uh, with the visible minorities, the underprivileged, women's wages. Archie Bunker was talking about, the, the, you know, All in the Family was speaking about these problems 50 years ago. And they still exist today. Is poverty, Angela? And I hope you're going to say no. But is it a growth industry, or are we, are we winning the battle on poverty? In your that's experience, a, that's a great question, Wolfgang. Um, so the truth is, we're not winning the battle. And uh, and I say this uh, with a measure of grace around it, because I think I believe I really believe that you and most of us. Almost everybody inside of that I meet doesn't like this and wants to change this, but feels, uh, feels like they don't know how. But the truth is, everywhere around the world, and this is true of Toronto, that there is high GDP growth, there is high income inequality growth. <laughs> so, so, Angie, what do, what do you see as the... What, what, do you, what do you see as the systemic issues? Obviously, like you said, it's, uh, um, the wealth is not being distributed equally. Uh, we understand that. It's a capitalist system. Um, but what, what are some of the biggest systemic issues that you see um, for the underprivileged that doesn't allow them to, to get out of uh, poverty? Yeah, there's a lot of things. Um, but I think that, I think that uh, one of one, two things. Okay, so the system itself. I think the system itself We've created a social welfare system, and we depend on it, and we expect it to be the solution, but I don't actually think it can be. So I think that's, that's sort of assumption number one that gets in the way. Um, I think the second issue is that we think it's really complicated, and we, we don't know, uh, and, and it's too hard for our, the regular person like you and me to figure out how to help. But it's not complicated, and I think that the solution to poverty, if we really want to get the numbers going in the right direction, the solution to poverty is community. It's you and me. It's us. And it's us choosing to do the one thing that we have that we can give to do. And there's lots of things we can do. So the biggest example, a barrier. So if you look at the 532,000 people that were living under the low-income measure after taxes in Toronto pre-pandemic. Um, so how many, people, how many people in Toronto are living below the poverty line? In Did you say, Angela? Um, 532,000 pre-pandemic. A half a million Torontonians are living below the poverty line? Yes. Well, more now. Did you know that, Jack? 
No, I didn't know that number. Wow. Okay, carry on. Yeah. That's that, 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 that hurt. You're, you're killing me. Okay. <clears throat> so I want to make it easy, though, because social sector people like me are really crappy marketers and are trying to get better at it. So here's the thing. 532,000 sounds big, but it's small. Um, and let's break it down. 177,000 of them, single parents. What's the biggest barrier to a single parent getting back to work? You know what it is? Childcare. It is. That's it. So do you think that your listeners and all the smart people in Toronto could figure that out? 100%. 100%. Not hard. And if we took 177,000 off the off the 532, what percent of the problem have we just solved? Yeah, yeah, 30% of it, 35% of it. We just have to apply what we apply in business to solving these problems. It's not harder. It's not harder. Well, the, gov- the Liberal government has come out in their budget, correct, Jack, on uh, putting more money to child care. Uh, I'm so- my-, my wife is always surprised. Um, again, the Europeans, I think, are always ahead of the curve environmentally, in terms of social changes, in terms of fashion. Yes, I love fashion. That's uh, that makes me feel uh-huh. better. Uh, but they are. But and same, same with being socialist. They are better socialists than we are. Um, they have a national food program. So sending a, it, it boggles my mind, Jack and, and Angela. When I hear of children who go to school hungry, uh, it just makes no sense to me. We have so much food, so much food waste in this country. How can children go to school hungry? And how do we solve that problem? We feed them at school. What's wrong with feeding a kid at school? I don't know. You could call me crazy. Um, indeed. Uh, Angela, uh, we're just uh, running out of time here, but please share with us more about um, the Young Street mission. Um, you know, Give us a good positive story and tell all of our listeners, please, how we can help. Uh, again, you mentioned the Give Six. Uh, so direct us to the website, uh, direct us to the need, make us cry, hurt us uh, to help. Yeah, God. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, this is so doable. And really, I, what I want to say more than anything is that everybody's listening can do something. And yes, give. Like, we, we need your support for YSM.ca. But the other thing is this. We, you know, we need you. We need you to volunteer to help some of our people who are ready. They're job ready, and they just need help finding those jobs. And that's where community can really step in. So if you want to come to our website, go to the volunteer page. Uh, We'll connect you with someone that if you're willing to like Zoom meet with somebody and help them navigate, um, we need community. And and you are the solution. I believe it 100% in my heart. What do you think, Jack? Would you do that? I think everyone should do what they can. Absolutely. So, um, you know, like I said, it's a a capitalist society. It's great at creating wealth, but we have to to figure out a way to distribute it a little more fairly and equally. I'll tell you, giving money is so much easier than giving your time. It's so much easier giving money than your time. My good friends, do what you can. Uh, the Young Street Mission, Angela Peters, uh, President and CEO, um, God bless you. Uh, indeed. Thank you. Great work. Great thank work you. you're doing. Thank my, you. Thank, thank you. Um, my good friends, that's it for the show. Uh, be wealthy uh, and help your brothers and sisters. Uh, I want to thank you for spending some time with Jack and I each and every Saturday right here on uh, Hi-Fi Radio Global News 640 in Toronto. You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, Portfolio Managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week.
The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.